the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Join us today as Pastor Draper deals with the subject of divorce in this message entitled Divorce Pandemic. Pastor Draper will be speaking from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Turn to the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Malachi, chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. It's our text today. Malachi, chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. There are these words. Have we not all one father... Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? Judah has dealt treacherously and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. He has married the daughters, the daughter of a foreign God. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob, the man who does this, being awake and aware, yet who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. I want to preach from this particular message, the danger of spiritual adultery. Repeat after me, the danger of spiritual adultery. Thank you so very much. Marriage is a holy and sacred institution created by God himself, which means that marriage must be valued, marriage must be honored, and marriage must be reverenced. Repeat it after me. Marriage must be valued, honored, and reverenced. Thank you. In the beginning, God created man and woman. He he didn't create Adam and Steve, a Shirley and Sue. He created Adam and Eve, man and woman, and performed the first marriage ceremony, uniting them in one permanent and perfect union. Therefore, if anyone tampers with God's sacred institution, they put themselves in danger of divine chastening or judgment from God. In other words, we ought not be messing with that holy thing of God called marriage. Such was the case in Israel where the Jewish men, they forsook their Jewish wives and they abandoned God's divine law and married foreign women who would lead them into idolatry. Israel committed spiritual adultery in their hearts, which was ultimately carried out in a forbidden physical relationship with pagan women outside of the nation Israel. Israel uh, was God's chosen people. And dare they not commit 
spiritual adultery on the one who created and formed them. And my friend, today I submit to you that all the spiritual adultery is not gone. Because many in the house of God today has exchanged their first love to God for the love of this world. Once having an allegiance to Christ, now have exchanged that allegiance to the God of money, to the God of possessions, to the God of careers, power, prestige, sports, sororities, fraternities, and social organizations. You have folk who spend more time uh, with the Deltas and Omega Sapphires and Masonic Lodges than they do the church of God. Amen? You got folk who spend a whole lot of time in all this extracurricular activity. They wake up thinking about it, playing on it, strategizing, and could care less about their communion with Almighty God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, no one having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. What a sobering word. Look at, look at the text now. If you don't have a Bible, share your Bible because it's going to get really deep. Look at verses 10 and 11. Look what it says. Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? Judah has dealt treacherously. An abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution. What is the Lord's holy institution? Marriage. Say marriage. Marriage is the Lord's holy institution. And it says, which he loves. See, the underline that. Which he loves. God loves marriage. God loves the family. Satan hates marriage. And Satan hates the family. And he will do anything. Satan will do anything to destroy that God-created thing made by God himself. He will do anything to destroy the fiber of the family. Because when the family goes, the city goes. And when the city goes, the state goes. And when the station goes, the nation goes. And when the nation goes, the world goes. I mean, everything goes wall when the family is tampered with. And that's why Satan gives marriages so much trouble. Because he hates a marriage that's operating in the unity of the spirit. So he says, which he loves. See that in the text? He has, look, he has married the daughter of a foreign god. Let me tell you something, beloved. Israel was a nation created by God himself. Israel was taught the law of God so that they would reflect the character and holiness of God. They were called out from the Hittites and the Zebutites and all these other ites. He picked them out out of his own sovereignty to be his own Chosen special people to display his glory among the heathen nations that were surrounding them. And so in that regard, God the Father was Israel's father by creation. And he was their father because he picked them out to make them his own chosen and special people. Look at Isaiah chapter 43 verses 1 and 2. Now stay with your Bible. Uh, stay with this chapter, but look over there because you're going to see how much 
Israel belonged to Father God. Look at Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. How many of y'all got Bibles in the house today? Oh man, if somebody doesn't have a Bible, for God's sake, make sure you look up. We are a Bible teaching church. That's why we see on that big marquee, Maranatha Bible Church. We reference the scripture because that's the final authority in the life and decisions of the church. And don't be, don't be afraid to write in your Bible unless it's not your Bible. You do not have to turn it in. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says, but now, thus says the Lord who created, look, God says, thus says the Lord who created you. Who created who? Israel. Oh, Jacob, Jacob's name was changed to what? Israel, there you go. And who formed you, oh Israel? Fear not, for I have redeemed you. In other words, I purchased you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. Underline that, you are mine. You are mine. You ever had your child tell you, mama, how come you won't let me do it? Everybody else is doing it. How come I can't do that? Down the street, they're doing it. They're doing it at school. They said, and you said, well, I don't care what they are doing. Boy, you belong to me. You a draper. You mine. I, I feed you. I, I take care of you. I nurture you. So I don't care what they're doing down the street. I know what you're not going to bring in this house. You know why? You are mine. I expect something of you. You ban my name. Amen. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be a leader and not a follower. So I expect more out of you because you mine. Am I getting somewhere with this? And oh, God says, now Israel, I don't expect you to be like the Hittites. I don't expect you to be like the Zebedites and the, all the Haggites and all the otherites I can't call right now, the Gergesites and all the otherites, because they are, you are mine. I picked you. I chose you. You, I redeemed you. I formed you. I created you. You belong to me and do what I say do. Be it known to you today, church. I submit to you today that you belong to Jesus. How many know you've been born again? How many know you've been washed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ? How many of you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection? How many of you wait the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, don't, don't it. You belong to Jesus. And you are his. You don't have any rights no more. It ain't about what you think. You have given over to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And he expects more out of you because you bear his name. You bear his image. You have the seal of the Holy Ghost. You are waiting the redemption of your body to be translated from time to eternity. You belong to Jesus. And the reason some of you can go places you ought not be going, thinking things you ought not be thinking, dabbling in pornography, messing with the lottery, and everything else I can't go, messing with somebody that ain't your wife or husband, you've forgotten that you are his. We are royal ambassadors. We are God's representative on earth. And many of you are misrepresenting the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says here in Isaiah, you are mine. Now turn back to the text of Malachi chapter 2. Just thought I'd preach that verse for a little bit. Israel's treacherously polluted and defiled the institution of marriage by treating marriage as if it were nothing. They were trampling over sacred things. 
They were divorcing their wives and marrying foreign, strange, pagan women that would lead them into idolatry. The Israelites violated the special relationship God had with the Jews as the father of his people by divorcing their own Jewish wives and marrying foreign women, which God's law strictly prohibited. Let me just show you how much God prohibits the intermingling of the Jews with foreign strange relationships. Look at Exodus chapter 34. We're going to look at about four of these. Exodus 34, 14 through 16. When you finally say amen. I mean, God wasn't going to put up with this stuff. And he did it for Israel's own good and even our good today. Exodus 34, 14 through 16, look what it says. For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and play the harlot with their gods and make sacrifice to their gods. And one of them invites you and you eat of his sacrifice and you take of his daughters for your sons and his daughters play the harlot with their gods and make your own sons play the harlots with their gods. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 1 through 4. God hates uh, intermarrying with pagan wives. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 1 through four. Look what it says. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, even listen, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly what? Destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them nor show mercy to them. Nor shall you make, look, nor shall you make what? Marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. See, God didn't put up with that. Look at Ezra chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. Ezra chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. Look what it says there. When you find it, say amen. Very few amens. I see you said, Holy Pastor, I'm trying to get there. Use the table of content and speed it up. Okay? <laughs> Stop pretending you know. You don't know where it is, just look it up. <laughs> Ezra chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. It says, When these things were done, the leader came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands. With respect to the abomination of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons. So that the holy seed, look at this, so that the holy seed is mixed with the people of those lands. See that? The holy seed is mixed with the people of that land. Indeed, the hand of the leader and rulers has been foremost in this trespass. Oh, it gets a little bit deeper. One more, because I want you to get the point of how God hates 
us going or whoring, committing spiritual adultery. Look what it says in Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 23 through 27. Now this one gets deeper. I love this passage. Are y'all looking at it? Oh my God, help me. Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 23 through 27. In those days, I also saw Jews who had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. And half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod. They didn't even know, the kids didn't know their own language. And could not speak the language of Judah. But spoke according to the language of one or the other people. Verse 25, Paul Nehemiah gets angry. So I contended with them. Look what he does. I cursed them, struck some of them, and pulled out their hair and made them swear by God saying, you shall not give your daughters as wives to their sons nor take their daughters for your sons or yourselves. Did not Solomon king of Israel sin by these things? You know how many women Solomon had? How many? About how many? It's about 700 and all them concubines. And, and he was wise, but not in that case. Yet among many nations, there were no king like Solomon who was beloved of his God and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, 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 pagan women caused even him to sin. Should we then hear of your doing all this great evil transgressing against our God by marrying pagan women? Let me just get real in your face today. <laughs> I ain't come to pet you. You came to hear the truth. Amen? Because only the truth going to set you free. What if you got rebellious on me and just outright doing what the Bible told you not to do? And then I get you like Nehemiah. And then I curse you because you, you know what the Lord said. And I come up to you and I bring you up and I curse you and I slap you and I grab your hair and I pull out some of your hair because we're not going to have sin in this place. You'll all be ready to sue me. This man didn't put up no stuff. I got a question. Where's your righteous indignation when it comes to sin? Oh, it was assault and battery. And you know, some folks, when, when, when we preach Sunday after Sunday, and you still hightail it out of here and live like you want to live, you need to be cursed, slapped, and hair pulled out. Won't you say Amen. You don't want to face it. Yeah, I've slapped the makeup off your face. <laughs> Slap that man until the teeth fall out. That, I mean, that was some stuff back then. You know I would never do that. I'm very nice and cordial, but I, I can grow some hair on some issues. I'm nice, but I ain't going to let you. We, ain't put, we don't put up with sin around here. That's why we have a church reconciliation council and all these things. When we find out, we deal with it. And if something's going on, it's because I don't know about it, but it brought to my attention, doggone it, we're going to find out about it and deal something with it because God's people must be a holy people. Don't you come to my office with that mess, I'll cuss you, slap you, and pull out your hair. That's what Nehemiah did because he wanted that nation holy. He wanted favor from God. 
and he wanted blessings from God, and anybody that was going to run interference on that, he would deal with them ever so severely. What would the church be like if all of us took sin that seriously? What would, what would we do like if every church did that? The church would have dynamite power. People would think twice before they join because they know you don't play here. I want you to say amen. Amen. Older folk get whooping. Younger folk get whooping. Men get whooping. The pastor get a whooping. Anybody, anybody get a line, you get a whooping. Because we don't play with God and sacred things. I want you to say amen. Look at verse 12. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob, the man who does this, being awake and aware. In other words, you know exactly what you're doing. Yet who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts? In this verse, verse 12, the Lord invokes a curse on any Jew who committed the sin of marrying foreign women. The phrase, you see that first phrase in verse 12, may the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob it meant that any man who blatantly violated the marriage covenant for foreign wives would die. I wonder if search were the case today, how many of you would still be sitting here? Thank God for the age of grace. To make matters even worse, Israel thought they could appease God by bringing their offerings to the Lord of hosts while committing such an abomination which was blatant hypocrisy. Beloved, God does not accept an offering from those who are corrupt, rebellious, and unrepentant. Let Jesus clean up your life, then bring him an offering. Some forgive God because they've been living like the devil, and they feel like if I can bring him a decent offering, he'll leave me alone. But God said, no, no, I don't want your offering. I want your heart. You clean up your life, then I'll accept your offering. Your offerings don't pacify me. Amen. And it will not pacify my righteous indignation. I want you to clean up your life, then give me an offering. And then I will be glorified and bless you because of your righteousness. Now, one may ask the question, why was God so adamantly against Israel being entangled with foreign wives? Huh? Why was God so strongly adamant? against Israel being entangled with foreign wives. And the reason is because to marry foreign women is to marry their religion, which would eventually result in apostasy. To marry those foreign pagan women would be to marry, is to marry their religion, which would lead them into apostasy. You say, oh, pastor, well now you saying apostasy. What is apostasy? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It is a falling away from God. It is a falling away from God. Uh, it is a disowning of God. It is abandoning allegiance to God. It is the abandoning of your allegiance to God. You know what apostasy is? It is spiritual defection. It is spiritual defection. I'm not through. Let me give you some more so you can really understand what this word is. Apostasy is spiritual desertion of one's love and commitment to God. It is spiritual desertion of one's love and commitment to God. You know what it is? It is knowingly and deliberately rejecting God and his divine law. In other words, you know what God says. You heard what God says. 
But you're going to do as you want to do. And that means that you are an apostate. To hear and know and then deliberately superimpose your will over the will of God, regardless of what the word of God says, that makes you an apostate. And I wonder how many apostates are under my voice by radio and you who are listening to me today. And there is someone under the sound of my voice. You have a Bible in your hand. You are sitting in this church amidst the saints. But it is highly possible that you're on the verge of apostasy. And even worse, you may have fallen into apostasy. You came to Christ. You acknowledged Christ as your personal savior. But you left your first love. You're no longer excited about God. You're no longer excited about his word. You're no longer excited about the church. It's more about the cowboys and money and food and fashion and malls and money and career. The excitement and exhilaration and fire you once had has been exchanged for the affections of this world. And that's apostasy, beloved. You know what the word of God says. However, you have knowingly and deliberately rejected God and his divine law. And God has me here today as Malachi, a modern day prophet to say to you, get out of your backslidden ways and come back to God. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Come worship with the Maranatha Bible Church family on Father's Day, Sunday, June 19th at 10 a.m. On this special day, our worship celebration will express gratitude and appreciation to all fathers and grandfathers. Pastor Randall Draper has a special message prepared for all fathers that will encourage, bless, and strengthen them during these challenging times. Come celebrate Father's Day with us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.